right, let's dive into this thing. <laughs> that's making <laughs> that's making it in. That's definitely making it in. <laughs> this is literally the first pod I've done in a month. Oh, I forgot to ask too before you go. Are you doing questions at the end or no questions at the end? No questions at the end. I already had you on. Didn't I have you on uh, with Steven and we, we asked those questions? Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, so literally a month. There was I didn't feel like there was anything to talk about like this past month. Like it's like yeah. once the election was done and I didn't want to talk about that any more than I had to. And the pandemic is just like I'm just like but we so, literally could have done a daddy issues daddy issues one. What's something more depressing than COVID? Let's <laughs> talk about daddy issues. This will be episode 87, so that means we have 13 episodes left. Uh, wow. So that's about six and a half months. So this will probably all be wrapping up in the summer of 2021. Started like April 2016, and it'll be wrapping up summer 2021. Uh, wow. I know. What a journey. Okay, let's nice. get started. Let's get started. I'm not drinking tea. It's 9 o'clock at night. I cannot drink that much caffeine this late at night, so I'm drinking a Topo Chico. So. All right, let's do this. Cheers. Okay. Hello, world. Welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. It has been a month since the last episode. That was purely unintentional. Sorry for anyone who was like, where the fuck is this new episode? Because we usually do two a month, and it's been since, I think, November 11th was the last one. I did with, uh, I don't even remember what the last episode was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> literally blanking i think it was with steven anyway uh ha- first off happy holidays hope everybody listening had a great thanksgiving and i hope everybody listening is getting up for a, a good safe you know socially distant christmas don't travel if you don't have to uh if you do travel like i will be doing well i did it over thanksgiving and what i will be doing next week no the week after actually i'm leaving that saturday so whatever uh the 19th i believe just be safe. Take all the precautions. Don't go visit any everybody. Like keep it small. Keep it tight. <laughs> uh, get it right. Get it tight. Get it right. Get it tight. Keep it tight. You know. Keep it small. Like don't go visiting a bunch of people. And you know, don't have like more than like seven or eight people in a small space. And like just be very careful, people. Don't We're, be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. Anyway, loyal listeners will recognize that voice. I'm I'm happy to welcome back. I think was this the second or third time this year, Morgan? Welcome back, this, Morgan Alonzo. This year, I definitely talked in between whenever you and Ben were talking about Star Wars. Okay. And then we had an episode together, and then we did an episode together uh, with me and Steven. Yes. So I think this is technically my fourth. Uh, let's see. The worst films we've ever seen. You did a cameo on that one. I remember that. That was episode 77. Uh, you were on... Let's see. We did an Under the Covers, didn't we? No, we did not. We have not done an Under the Covers since last season. Um, what? Yeah, last one we did. Let's see when the last one we did of Under that the Covers. That was Co- Marilyn Manson. Under the Covers 3 was episode 65. 60, yeah, 65. Jesus. That was October 1st, 2019. Jesus. I know. It's been a while. Well, I'm happy to have you back. I think this is your third time on yes. this because you made that little guest spot on that episode with Ben. And then we, you 
Stephen and I did an episode together, which was fantastic. Anywho, we're bringing it back to one of the main reasons I started this pod. Like, for anyone not aware, when I started this endeavor, when I was like thinking about doing this, one of the things I was like, me and Morgan talk about songs and music all the time, but not only songs, but just like different cover versions of songs. So I was like, if I ever, do, if I do this pod with Morgan, I gotta have her on for Under the Covers. And this is Under the Covers 4. I think I'm gonna give it like some kind of holiday subtitle instead of just Under the Covers 4, maybe like Under the Covers, Under the Mistletoe. Who the hell knows? You uh, know what you should relate it to, actually? Sorry, side note. You should do it to, um, oh my god, now I can't think of it. That movie that we just talked about and I watched the second one of, the, with, oh my god, with Alan Rickman in the first one. Oh, Die Hard. Yeah, you should do some Die Hard. Type thing. Yes, because Die Hard is a Christmas movie for anyone listening. If you have any complaints, please go the fuck away with them. I don't care. Like, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and it's a great Christmas movie. Anyway, so I have you back on for Under the Covers 4, Under the Covers Harder. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> live free or Under the Cover. Uh, so, anyone not aware, this we've done three of these already. We did one the first season the second season and the third or was it no 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 we did it we did it the second season the third season and the fourth season and now that we're in the fifth season or fifth volume this is uh the fourth version because we didn't do it the first time anyway so basically the premise is morgan and i have a list of songs that we love and we talk about you know usually just two versions of the same song usually one of them is the original version or they're just two versions that we both love of the same song not necessarily the original the twist this time since christmas is 12 days away less than two weeks hope you got everybody's got their christmas shopping done if you can you know no shame money's tight it's been a rough year for a lot of people i completely understand i think we all do or if you want to guarantee that you get covid go now Yeah, just be safe. Hope you did most of it online shopping instead of like going to a store if stores are open near you if you're listening to this. The twist this year is we're doing Christmas music. And I love Christmas music. I literally have a Christmas playlist, a Christmas song playlist on my on my phone. Like I don't do Spotify or Pandora or whatever or Apple Music. I have like I still have like my music playlists of my own music that I've downloaded to my phone because I'm like a dinosaur in this modern age so morgan i think i had you on god we did a christmas like two-parter like a few years ago and i asked people how they felt about christmas music but as a refresher morgan how do you feel about christmas music i definitely like it for nostalgia's sake i will have certain years where i'm into it more than others and strictly not because of the music it's more of does it actually feel like december again i live in louisiana and sometimes it's like this is june yes Sometimes it's like, wow, this is a nice 70 degree day in the middle of December. <laughs> like I would have a heat stroke if I were a Christmas sweater. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I I love this weather. I think it's currently in the 50s in Austin. So we've had a bit of cold weather and I've been loving it. Before we get started, because we do have a list of songs, we have five different songs with two versions of each. Uh, is there any on here? Is there anyone any Christmas songs in particular that we're not going to talk about this evening that you particularly love? Yes, absolutely. Um, honestly, I didn't give you my favorite Christmas song. I didn't do my um, favorite either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also wanted to say happy fourth day of Hanukkah. Absolutely. I completely neglected. Thank you for that. Thank you for picking up the slack on that one. 
no worries. Um, yeah. So, and I also do have my heater on, in fact. So, I have it 71 <laughs> degrees in this house. I'm digging it. Ugh. <laughs> We're getting a cold front in tonight, and it's raining. It's beautiful. But, yeah. So, my favorite song is actually um, White Christmas, um, Otis Redding's version of it. Oh, yeah. Um, I really, really like that. Um, and I think I told you why earlier this week. It's probably really not that funny to other people, but I enjoy it and I don't care. Um, but I really strictly like it because there's a part where he's like screaming, may your days, may your days be so merry and white. And I think he's saying, may your days, may your days, may your days days be merry um, and white. Yeah. So, um, that's honestly why it's my favorite um but yeah i like that um one of the songs i think you are mentioning is one of my favorites as well so i won't get rid of that okay um but also um last favorite one uh more of just the classic in general is just um carol of the bells i oh, love that yeah. i love any version of that it's so much fun to sing like yeah. if you're actually singing it with a choir mm-hmm. or like carolers it's so much fun there's so, a great yeah. version of that on the Home Alone soundtrack that John Williams did. I don't know the choir offhand, but if you've saw, watched Home Alone, there's like, there's it, he, John Williams. This is an aside. John Williams's score and the soundtracks to Home Alone one and two are like Christmas classic albums. Like they're so yeah. they're so good. Anywho, uh, before we get started, mine that I left off was my favorite, without a doubt, favorite is the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. The only reason that it's not I'm not doing it now is because there is no other version of that song that I like. Like I, I listen to Christmas music. I listen to a lot of Christmas music, like by choice. And I've heard different versions of I've heard different covers of Nat King Cole's uh the Christmas song. And uh I gotta be honest, man, none of them do anything for me. Like I feel like they're all like cheap imitations. And yeah. uh like, you know, it's chestnuts roasting. If you don't know it, I don't know why you wouldn't, but okay. Uh, and I think it's perfect. Like, that is the the strings and the, like, the band that plays with it. Because it's he's a, he was a trained jazz pianist, right? And, mm-hmm. like, he plays piano on that, and it's it's so perfect to me. And that's why it's not on the songs we're going to cover tonight. But one of my favorite songs is as well, and it's the first one up. Um, I also, I mean, I love... I'll be home for Christmas. We're not doing that one. That's a jam. I have a few versions of that. Uh, like I could, we could talk all day on just the one-off music songs that I love. But you know, oh, I, I watched um, a, a Charlie Brown Christmas this evening. It came on PBS, and the Vince Guaraldi uh, trio who does, you know, Linus and Lucy and Christmas Time is here and uh, O'Tannenbaum, like those. Love, 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 love. I love Christmas music. The season, the holiday is not the same without it. I pity those who despise Christmas music. I understand it, especially if you've worked in retail gigs like me and Morgan have. I get it. Well, you hate Christmas music, but I love it. And I, I that I, or frankly, honestly, if you um, don't celebrate Christmas or never oh yeah, have, I can kind of see where you're like, why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. But also, sorry, before you go off, I don't, I don't mean to say this too, but another reason why I don't like to bring up some other ones too is, to me, it's like, if you're going to do a cover in the first place, change something about it. Okay. So that's just something that you said, because uh, Nat King Cole, like, you know, other people, they tend to pick, like, 
um, a certain style or, or a sound mm-hmm. of something or of like their favorite singer singing it and they do the exact same thing. I'm like, why? Why do we release that? Yeah, like it is a common complaint I've heard throughout my life that like people complain that there's only like five Christmas songs and it's just a bunch of people doing the same Christmas songs the same way over and over again. But I like to think that the, especially the ones we picked tonight, there is a variety enough that, you know, warrants some appreciation. Uh, yeah. But I, I get it. Like, that's the thing. Like, a lot of singers, especially people, you know, who are, like, really, you know, not just musicians specifically, but singers, Christmas music is really uh, a big seller for them. Like, pretty much every every one of your favorite singers probably done a Christmas album, and it, it sells because, like, from the month of, you know, freaking October to December now – it's also an easy gift, like, just to buy, like, an album. Like, I bought my mom because she also likes Christmas music a lot. I bought her a couple of Christmas albums through the years because I know she she likes it. Like, Josh Groban has a really good album. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I mean, let's let's get started. We we, we can yeah. talk all day, and we got, a, we got a few songs to get into. I hope you can hear this when I play it. I think we've done this in the past, and you've heard it all right. So if there's any problems, I'll... Well, you know what songs we're going to be talking about, so if you don't catch it 100%. Anywho, first up is mine. I put I chose three different songs. You only chose two. I was a little greedy this year. I'm sorry. The Christmas song is my definite favorite by Nat King Cole. This is my second favorite, and I love this song so much. I think it's perfect, and I love the singer. He's one of my favorite singers of all time. Def- I think he's like three on my list. I did a list a long time ago. It was like Sam Cooke, Roy Orbison. And then this gentleman. And unfortunately, he has passed. Uh, it's very sad because he's one of the, I think, one of the greatest musicians of all time. Uh, and I am speaking, of course, of Last Christmas by Wham, but more specifically, and I'll explain why, more specifically, George Michael. Morgan, how do you feel about the song? Do you love it as much as I do? Um, I do. And I'm sure we'll dive into George Michael a, a little bit later after hearing it, maybe. But, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yes, I very much love this song, and I very much love Wham. Okay, let's give it a listen, and uh, yeah, so here we go. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Okay, I love it. I, 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 before we get too into our feelings about it, let's. I'm going to give a little background. I try to give a little background on all the songs, and this is quite an interesting song in my opinion because uh, a lot of people – I don't think a lot of people know about – I think a lot of people know about Careless Whisper, and maybe they might know about like Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, but like I don't think a lot of people know about this song or Wham! in particular. Uh, let's, let's give a little background, and then we'll talk about how we feel. So – George Michael wrote, performed, produced, and played every single instrument on the track. It included no Andrew Ridgely, who was his uh, partner in the duo that was Wham. Its B-side is Everything She Wants, which is also a really good song. I love that song as well. It was the most played Christmas song of the 21st century in the United Kingdom until it was overtaken by Fairy Tale of New York in 2015. Another fun fact, on behalf of the writers of the song Can't Smile Without You, made popular by Barry Manilow, Publishing company Dick James Music sued Michael for plagiarism in the nineteen in the mid nineteen eighties, claiming that Last Christmas lifted its melody 
from Can't Smile Without You. The case was dismissed when a musicologist presented a 60-odd presented 60-odd songs from the past century that had a comparable chord sequence and melody. What do you think about that? I, I knew I knew George Michael was a really talented musician, but I can't believe he gave us this like classic Christmas song. Like he just did it from from soup to nuts. What do you think about that, Morgan? I have a couple different thoughts about the information you just gave. One of which is, could you imagine your job being a musicologist? Like you bust into a courtroom and you're like, <laughs> here's 60 songs that you haven't given a damn about. <laughs> like, that is amazing that someone was like, you know, don't fucking mess with George Michael. Yeah, we got receipts. Okay, we got receipts. <laughs> we got receipts for days. Okay, so what's the other thing CBS you got to think receipts. <laughs> um... I also want to know, I mean, this is kind of more of just the drama side of it, because, you know, there was a while where the uh, public didn't know Sir Beautiful Gorgeous George Michael um, was into the men, and uh, one of which was his partner in Wham! Yeah, well, he he presented himself as uh, bisexual for a while, or I don't think he would address it, but he started... I think when he announced he first came out as bisexual, and then he, like, slowly but surely proclaimed that he was uh, a homosexual but yeah andrew ridgely i don't think he knew uh they were really good friends like i heard i was in the research of this i heard that andrew ridgely his partner in um in wham his good friend from being when they were kids uh andrew ridgely has made like 10 million dollars off a careless whisper just off of royalties like because he has a co-writing credit and i was just like god damn that makes sense uh but they actually did date though oh i I didn't percent did Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. And so my thought is, okay, is that about him? Uh, the world may never know. I, I was reading. I didn't include this in the notes. First off, I got all most of this from Wikipedia, but there are some other sources that I'll put in the uh, show notes. If anyone's curious, wants to read more, I want to give everybody proper credit. Um, uh, wants to sue you and I think, you in. And- <laughs> yes, please don't sue me, music industry. I don't want to be like Napster. I swear I'm just playing snippets for discussion, all right? It's fair use, all right? Fair use. Uh, so... Uh, I was reading – there is a description on the in the wiki page that like talks about the inspiration of it. I think it was before they knew each other, so I, I'm not exactly sure. Anyway, mm-hmm. okay. I, I think that it's absolute perfection. Like like so many great 80s songs, it has this lovely sound from the synth and the drum machine because that's – those are the, uh, the instruments that uh, George Michael used. And I just think like even in that clip that we – that I shared – I think his vocals are amazing like again i talked to like he's one of my favorite singers of all time and just the the emotion that he puts in like all of his songs and he's he's just got this thing he like he does it in careless whisper uh he's got this 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 talent beyond singing that just makes like heartbreak seem cheerful in a weird way what do you think maureen yeah no i totally <laughs> I totally get what you mean like um he definitely uh, to put it into perspective for like today i guess he would be the type of person you got off of work and you're like i am planning to have a cry session tonight let's get some wine out get some whiskey out start cleaning the house and like you are the music video for yeah. george michael <laughs> uh this actually does also have a very uh popular music video that i was as a, in the course of my research stumbled on was just recently uploaded like a like a year or two ago in 4k so like if you were curious go on youtube watch it it's a pretty good video but god the fashion Holy crap, mid-80s. I was going know what his hair looks like for oh, that video. Oh, it's so That's feathery. Sad. There's so many different covers of this song. Like, I was reading the list. Like, they got, like, Taylor Swift, Ashley Tisdale. Who's another Why? one? 
Billy Piper, the Glee casted a version, and Morgan knows I was a Glee fan at one point, and I definitely enjoy that version of the song. Ariana Grande has done a version, Carly Rae Jepsen. It's really popular, and it even inspired that recent film that came out last year starring the gorgeous Amelia Clark, Last Christmas. And I just actually recently watched that for the first time. Not terrible. It was kind of silly, but I enjoyed it. What he means to say is he's phrasing it that way in case somehow Amelia Clark is listening to this. What he really means to say is he wasted his life watching that movie. That's not true. That's not true. (laughs) It was fine. It was a Christmas movie. There's a contrived plot device in it that I was just like, you could have probably cut this out and it doesn't really matter. But it's Fight Club, but like if Fight Club was a Christmas rom-com. If you've seen Fight Club, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I really enjoyed it. And she sings in it. She's really good. She sings a version of Last Christmas. And I think it's really good. Uh, I love this song. It's definitely like one of my standards. One of the ones I listen to every year for Christmas. I adore it. Do you have anything else to say? Or are you ready to move on to the next version? Yeah. The one thing you did forget to say. that It actually kind of makes it hard for me to listen to that song. If I'm being honest. And this might be just totally me being insane. Because I am. I'm an insane human being. George Michael passed away either on Christmas or the day after Christmas. Hold on, let's see. 2016? I have a feeling it was a 2016 one, him, Alan Rickman, David Bowie. Oh my god, you're absolutely right. He passed away December 25th, 2016. Yes, sir. I remember I was in my car and I pulled up my driveway and I heard that he passed away and I made a status or whatever and I was just like heartbroken and then for some reason, I don't know why, it's like sealed in that song, man. Oh my god, you've just put me in a... No, it's... I forgot. I knew that he passed away, of course, but yeah. like I did not – I forgot. I can't believe I forgot that he actually passed away on Christmas. It's a sad, sad footnote um, in the career, in the life of a very talented artist, a very troubled artist, but also a very talented artist. And I love – I love George Michael's voice, and I could probably do a pod just on George Michael. So uh, let's move on to the next one. Had you heard this – before we announce what it is, had you heard this before, this version of no. Last Christmas? Oh, good. I don't think a lot of people have, and I love this version because I love how it switches things up and puts a different spin on it. The version we're talking about is Last Christmas by the pop punk uh, early 2000s band Jimmy Eat World. Uh, So let's give it a listen, and then we'll talk about it um, and compare, of course. Okay. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Okay, so what do you think about it? Since that's probably the first time you've ever heard this song, was doing research for this episode. What did you? What were your thoughts? What were your? What was your reaction to it? <laughs> My real opinion. Um, I feel bad because it's not even necessarily about the song per se. It's more of just to me, Jimmy Eat World. Oh gosh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they only have that one good song, man. Oh, they have they have in the middle and sweetness. All right, and. I, and I count this as one of their good songs. So they got three, all right, in my book. <laughs> That's really all I have to say about it. I mean, it's not bad. It really isn't, um, especially given covers in general. Um, yeah. Kind of like I said, like, to me, it's something should be changed. Something was kind of changed. It is different. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't stack towards the original in any way, shape, or form. Well, I don't have a lot to say on it. I really enjoy it, and I agree with you. I love that it 
like any good cover changes the style. It doesn't try to, uh, it doesn't try to just copy it, subvert, not subverts, but just spit, puts, puts a spin on it. I love that it has a very, uh, pop punk early 2000s electric guitar sound. The, one of the main differences in the song is that the, the original has like lyrics in between the chorus, right? And I think it has like three sets of, uh, verses. Three verses, and I think uh, the singer in this, Jim Adkins, the lead singer of uh, Jimmy Eat World, only sings one. And I think I like that he did that because I think that George Michael's vocals are excellent, and I I just I think that uh, Jim Adkins was like, I'm not going to be able to sing this better, sing these words better than George Michael, so I'm not even gonna I'm gonna do as little as this as possible. But I really love the sound. I love the the guitar and like it's 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 a really poppy punk sound and I, I really was a big fan of that subgenre. I'm still a fan, but I was a really big fan in my early teens and you know teens in general. So I really love it. And I don't think a lot of people have listened to it and like I've said, I've listened to different versions of this and I think that this one stands out because it is distinct. Okay. Uh, without anything left to say, Morgan, you ready to move on to the next one? Yeah, my only thought, honest to God, really is, why isn't there a My Chemical Romance version, or better yet, the man himself who was made popular in our last cover episode, Marilyn Manson. Where is Marilyn Manson's version of this song? No, that's we need a lot of things in this world that, that don't currently exist. Let me tell you, a Marilyn Manson version of Last Christmas is not one of them. Okay. Open up my second bottle of Topo Chico. Uh, okay, so the next one is your choice. Would you care to set it up, or would you like me to set it up? You set it up. I like how you set them up. Okay, so this next song is a pretty popular one. I've heard it pretty much throughout my life, and you definitely do hear it around this time of year. It is one of the more popular ones. And uh, the second version is a very recent version. I was I hadn't listened to this album because it came out this year. And I was like, I was meaning to get to that album, and I hadn't. So let's let's get started on it. Um, it is "I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus" by the Jackson Five. Uh, let's give it a listen, and then I'll talk about some background from it. So let, let me give a little background on that version of the song, and I'll let you go and talk about why you chose this song and what, what you particularly love about it. So the original, this unfortunately the Jackson 5 version is not the original. The music and lyrics were written by British songwriter Tommy Connor and first recorded by Jimmy Boyd in 1952, which reached number one on Billboard Pop Singles Charts in December of 1952. The song was commissioned, fun, this is very interesting I find, the song was commissioned by Saks Fifth Avenue to promote the store's Christmas card for the year. Objections were raised by, cat, by church groups who took exception to the saucy, I added quotation marks there, saucy lyrics, while radio stations in Boston, influenced by local Catholic church officials, even banned the song when it came out. I listened to the original. I'm going to include it in the um, the show notes. It is a very old-timey 
country western ballad sound, which I think will factor in in the version we're going to talk, the second version we're going to talk about. So this version by the Jackson 5 is off the Jackson 5's Christmas album that came out in 1970. The album spent all four weeks at the number one position on Billboard magazine's special Christmas albums chart that the magazine published in December of 1970, making it the best-selling Christmas album of that, of that year and also in 1972. So that's a little background on the version, the original version and this Jackson 5 version. Morgan, what do you love most about this song and why did you choose it? First off, thoroughly love the background of this because yeah. uh, I had no idea about that, which... How wild is that to sell a Christmas card at Saks Fifth? They're like, let's get to Jackson 5. Part of the reason, um, well, they got Jimmy Boyd to do it originally. That was the guy they got originally, this kid. Ah, uh, I see. But I, I, this is one of my favorite parts about doing these episodes, the Under the Cover episodes, because I learned more about, I learned some pretty interesting stuff about a lot of music that I like. So anyway, please continue. That, and then also, could you imagine nowadays, like, the same people who are like, pissed off because poor cute little michael jackson is saying mommy kiss santa claus and then like nowadays like wops out i mean it was the <laughs> 50s at the time when this first came out like when they first raised objections to it so i mean fucking True that the 50s were an awful time let's not that let's not make that america great again all right fuck that all right right okay so what do you so what do you um, love about this jackson five version so the Jackson Five just makes me happy. Yeah. Um, any any song from them always, I'm just automatically happy as soon as I hear it. Now, granted, I don't really think about necessarily the history of what they went through whenever they sang those songs, unfortunately, because it's not as happy. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I mean, come on, Michael Jackson's voice. Yeah, like amazing. My, my first note was it's amazing how talented MJ had not turned twelve. He was still eleven when this when he <laughs> recorded this. It was it's amazing how talented he was at eleven. Like, like the tonality, how yeah. clear. Like, there's no way, no way. But yeah, no. So I mean, that that's it right there. Plus, it's just kind of cutesy. Now, yeah. I will say, as a kid, now you know, my mom is with my stepdad now. But like, you know, my mom wasn't with anyone then when I would hear that. Let me tell you how confused I was hearing that, being like, who who is kissing who now? <laughs> Really, really and seriously, because I mean, uh, you know, uh, yeah, no dad really in the picture kind of a thing. And to hear that, I'm like, what is going on? I did not have that reaction, even though my mom, well, not that for, you know, what? most of my life she's been with my, with Will, my stepdad. So can't say I relate to that one, but you know, that's the mind of a child at work. So I understand where you're coming from. I Yeah, man, like the Jackson 5. God, they, like I have a bunch of Jackson 5 songs as well, and I, I don't think this is my favorite Jackson 5 song. That's a conversation for another day. Yes, but yeah, it has to be. <laughs> it, do you, I don't want to tip too far ahead. I don't want to spoil anything, but we will be talking about uh, the Jackson 5 later on this, in this episode. And I guess you can elaborate more at the time as well, but like, do you think about the legacy of Michael Jackson? And this is a conversation larger than this one, you know, particularly. Way larger. Way larger. But do you still fondly enjoy this jackson five this michael jackson art like music as well like is it taint it's not tainted at all for you no i mean not unless i like i said i think about what you know he was probably going through and his family was probably going through at the time i think that would definitely dampen the mood but given just the song if i was listening to it without thinking about that no i mean it's it's a great song great voice yeah you know great musicians 
So no, not not necessarily. Yeah, I, I I definitely had this one in my library already, but this next version I did not. Again, like I said, it just came out this year. So let's set it up. Next up is the lovely, the graceful, the American heroine that she is, Dolly Parton's version of "I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus." It's off her 2020 album, "A Holly Dolly Christmas." Let's give it a listen, and we'll we'll talk about it a little bit. So mommy kissing Santa Claus Underneath the mistletoe last night She didn't hear me creep Down the stairs to have a peek She thought that I was tucked up in my bedroom fast asleep Before you go, I'll just make one observation. Dolly Parton is 74 years old. So, please, Morgan, proceed. You missed calling her a queen. Oh, Let's she is a queen. That she is song. She is like the, I mean, she's definitely the queen of country music. She might be the queen of this country. Beyonce <laughs> might have a conversation, might be in the conversation as well, but Dolly is definitely. It could be a shared title, though. It could be. She could, you know what? Look. I think they would. I think they would be the people to be like, you know what? No one needs to have it all to themselves. <laughs> You know, regional queens, regional queens. Uh, right. If if Beyonce was able to give the award that was so deservedly hers for Lemonade to Adele, then I think she could share the queen title. Okay. So, I mean, we don't have all the time in the world, but please indulge us. Uh, what are your feelings about the queen herself, Dolly Parton Morgan? I mean, her voice is amazing. And She's also, 74. I really have never met. Yes. Yes doesn't sound like that it just and she's just a great person i won't go down that really but i haven't met anyone who has said anything negatively about dolly parton whether you like country music or not mm-hmm. i really have not met anyone that says anything bad about her and they, they shouldn't i think it's really cutesy the song i think it sounds great i would listen to it i would pick it over maybe some others i think it's very different than what we just listened to with jackson five obviously yeah. because she is a grown woman versus a child it kind of has different meaning to it um but I really like it. Yeah. There's a music video. She did, I think, a uh, a performance of it. But it's like, you know, it's in the time of COVID. I think it was – It's there's a there's a video on YouTube that I'll share that I really enjoyed. I found it very cute. And she's so sprightly and lively and full of energy, again, at 74. Not to, not to like be ageist here, but you don't see a lot of 74-year-olds just being so – being such great performers, you know? I, I – yeah, I just want to ask you because you you know more about singing and the craft of singing uh, and performing way more than I'll ever know. But how do you how does she how has she been able to just be such a wonderful, talented performer for like over fifty years? Like, how does that happen? Um, a lot of it has to do with making sure that you're using the instrument. So hers would be, you know, lungs, diaphragm. Yeah. Um, I'm sure she has correct posture whenever she's singing. She probably has found a way that maybe she sounds better sitting, maybe it's standing, and she milks it, uh, you know. Yeah. And she, you know, especially whenever you, you're doing something for so long and you found, you know, you know how you want to sound and what your your style is. She's been in it for in the game for a long time. Yeah. So she's and she's a darling. She's probably the sweetest person in the world, um, in this country at least. Uh, fun fact that people might not be aware: her theme park, Dolly World, uh, 
only theme park that allows you to bring your dog inside. Go figure. Uh, Love her. Also, the only way that that could have been made better, like the music video, yeah. could you imagine if it was her and Keanu Reeves, like Keanu Reeves with Santa Claus? <laughs> oh, man. we That might have saved 2020. You know, that that might have saved. People were wanting type. them to run. Remember that thing that was like Parton Reeves? Dude, I would have voted oh, for it in a heartbeat. Oh, man. Democratic. She would have won. Like, even Donald Trump would have admitted that. She he would have conceded. Yeah, he would have conceded. Because, I mean, you're not... Look, there are a lot of people in red states that love Donald Trump. But there's nobody, I would say, that... There's no way people in red states love Donald Trump more than they love Dolly. So, um, Exactly. Okay, let's move on to another really popular song. I'm going to be slight contrarian here um, when, I, when I discuss it. Uh, because it is one of the most popular Christmas songs of all time. If you know anything about Christmas songs, you've probably already figured out what... Or read the show notes because I have to list all of the songs in the show notes. So if you've seen it ahead, you know what I'm talking about. But Cheater. Uh, yeah. Uh, so let's move on to the next one. It is the biggie. Probably the biggest Christmas song in relatively modern times. And that is All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. You know it, Morgan. I know it. Everybody fucking knows it. I'm going to talk about how much money she's made. It's, God. I, it came out. Can in, I guess before you say it? Okay, but before we get to that, it came out in 1994. So let's give it a listen. And I'm sure everybody who's listening to this pod has heard the song before, but let's give it a listen and then we'll talk about it. Let's talk about it. So let me just ask you before I talk about the background. Are you a fan of this song? Yes. Okay. Obviously. I think, I'm a breathing human. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. I'll, I'll talk about my feelings before, after I, I, t- I give a little bit of background. Okay. So Mariah Carey, she co-wrote and co-produced it with their songwriting partner of over four years, Walter Afonsiev. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. For her fourth studio album and first holiday album, Merry Christmas, which came out in 1994. In an interview, Carrie described the song as fun and continued, It's very traditional, old-fashioned Christmas. It's very retro, kind of 60s. Afanasiev, I'm sorry again if I mispronounced that name, uh, went further in breaking down the song's musical elements. A lush bed of keyboards reminiscent of small-scale wall of sound, which I'll elaborate on after this quote, cushions of songs, cheerful rhythms, while a, vo- a, so- a soulful vocal chorus adds robust O's. I think that's a technical, t- technical term. Tension-creating counter-melodies and festive harmonies. Most notably, however, the songs, jaunty piano chords, and melody keep the song merrily bouncing along. Um, wall of sound, for, in- for anyone curious, it's a, uh, a style of music production popularized by Phil Spector. I'll let you look into Phil Spector, responsible for a lot of great music, but also has a very problematic history. You can research that on your own time. Morgan, what do you think about all that? And then I'll get to the how much money she's made on royalties. Oh, I really didn't know that that song came out in 94. Yeah, it's 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 been around for a while, man. Uh, I definitely sent you that video. Uh, I don't know if you gave it a listen, but I sent you a Vox video, which is in the show notes, uh, which talks about it further and kind of uh, talks about on a technical level, you know, uh, 
tonically chords and all this shit. I, it's, it's above my head, but I kind of follow it. And it explains why that, why this song, All I Want for Christmas is You, sounds so Christmassy. Uh, if you're curious, and check out the video. It's a really good video, and I, I think it's very insightful, especially if you're more uh, interested in the technical aspects as far as like music theory and all that stuff. So so what do you feel about this song, Morgan? Do you think that it's like the best Christmas song ever? Or do you think it's kind of just like one of the best? Um, I will admit that I am partially biased because uh, my mom and her sisters, you know, have this thing where they claim that it is not Christmas until they hear this song on the radio. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> okay, so this is a little bit of trivia. So according to a 2017 report in The Economist, Morgan, how much money do you think it's made? So from 1994 to 2017. Jesus. Uh, so what you said, sorry, back track. You said that guy from Wham! got $10 million yeah. for uh Yeah, Andrew Ridgely yeah, had since the – I think that also came out in 84, maybe 85. Don't quote – don't you might need to check me on that one. So they, that dude made $10 million. Uh, I think – I can't remember the exact year that that figure was quoted. But yeah, that, that tracks. Like he's probably made millions of dollars just on that song alone. Um, so how much do you think she's made since from the time span of 1994 to 2017? $46 million. Ooh, sorry, sorry. Cl- close but no cigar. I'll say that you were in reach, I guess. She is, the song has earned her over $60 million in royalties <gasps> since it was released, according to a 2017 report in The Economist. Think about that. So that's, what is that, like 20 years? Like 22 years? 26 years. No, it's, uh, well, it's since 2017, because that's when they reported. Oh, 2017, my bad, my so, bad. So 22 years. So, you know, just, you know, like $2 million or $3 million. What is that, a little less than $3 million every year? Like, just... Why does she even go on TV anymore and talk Dude, or like she, anything? She's loaded. Like I think I think I, I heard this quote like that song makes her like two or three million every year, and it, it always charts this time of the year as well. And I'm just like, that's Jesus. insane. And I, like I don't know if that's sixty million that she needs to split with her, between her and her co-writer, who I will not try and pronounce his name again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, or I'm that's sorry, just when you said split, I thought you were going to mean Nick Cannon because oh, God. they were married at one point. I'm sorry. She probably does Stupid. pay him some alimony or something, but that's that's <laughs> none of our business. So okay, I really like it. I really enjoyed it. It's very energetic. It's a very bombastic Christmassy love song, and it definitely has a Mariah Carey sound to it. Like anyone, we grew up in the '90s, so we were inundated with Mariah Carey. She was on the radio all the time in the early 2000s as well. Dude, emotions. Sorry, we can keep going. We, It's like her and Celine Dion were like on the radio at all times, which me and Morgan are both fans of, of uh, Celine Dion as well. Queen of Canada. If Dolly's the queen of America, Celine Dion is the queen of Canada. 1,000% correct. Okay, so I really enjoy this song, but it suffers for me due to being it's so overplayed it's so like it's a it's a modern classic but it is so ubiquitous this time of the year that it loses some appeal for me it's just like yeah it's great but it's it's not the best like again i think the christmas song by nat king cole is the best i'm like why doesn't that get the shine that like why is again i'm being kind of a contrarian like i'm being a, a hipster like it's like it's too popular but it, it is a it is amazing it's a great song but i just I'm like, mm, uh, we don't have to play it all the time. And it's it's so popular. 
Now, please chastise me, Morgan, for my... Sorry, I do have one quick question. I, I mean, you're totally fine for having that opinion. That's fine. So that means, did you secretly, like, fill your heart and soul with warmth whenever she sang it that one year and it was, like, absolute trash? Do you remember that? I think everyone remembers that. Oh, yeah, like, they... She was well, like, she couldn't even hit the notes, and it was, oh, so bad. Yeah, I think I heard the where they isolated her her own vocals, and it was oh, it was so bad. bad. It's so like I like I'm all for you know people who aren't good at heart. Which sorry, no offense, Mariah Carey is definitely um, to say the least. Uh, she didn't deserve that. She really didn't deserve that to be aired. <laughs> But again, this song makes her millions of dollars, and she in that performance that one time exactly. probably made her a few hundred thousand, maybe millions of dollars as well. So, hey man, she ain't she she ain't crying. She's totally happy with her status in life. Um, it's it's great, and some memorable other covers like it was in a movie we both enjoy love. Actually, they they do a cover of it in that song. It's it's, good. it's been in a a lot of people have covered it, and I don't have a list because it is extensive, but it is. It's very popular, and it's just like I think it's like, you know, it's fucking. It's just it's everywhere this time of year if you hear it, and it's so popular. And I'm just like, it's great. So I bet you, yeah. if Ariana did it right now, it would go better than Mariah. Mm. Or I wonder if Taylor Swift has ever done. It. I need to look into that. She shouldn't. I mean, she wouldn't be able to even hit the note. Sorry. Well, I love Taylor Swift. Don't get me wrong, but no. Well, as we'll. As we're about to hear and discuss, you can put a spin on it without necessarily hitting those high notes. Um, and I think that this other version that I really enjoy kind of is more restrained. And I, I personally, I think I like it. No, I'll say it. I definitively like this other version more than the original by Mariah Carey. So let's talk about it. The second version of All I Want for Christmas is You is by Ingrid Michaelson and Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, Ingrid Michaelson, a uh, really popular... Uh, great not, voice. Great voice. Uh, I think she's a babe. Not that that matters, but I particularly think that she's pretty. But she's done an eclectic... She's done a bunch of music. She's had a pretty extensive career. Um, and Leslie Odom Jr., of course, famous from the musical Hamilton, but also a great singer in his own uh, regard and been in other Broadway stuff. So let's give it a listen. I... Yeah, I like this one more. I'll just say it right now. So let's give it a listen. I just want you my home, more than you can ever know. Make my wish come true. Wish come true. So, obviously, one of the biggest differences between the two versions is, obviously, it's a solo with Mariah Carey, but it's a duet in this version. How do you feel that changes things? Do you think it makes it worse or better, uh, Morgan? I like it. Very much enjoy it. However, two things. It sounds like it's in a musical in itself. B, I feel like I'm in the bedroom with them making a Christmas baby. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's like... Okay, so just a little background. It's from Ingrid Michaelson's 2018 Christmas album, Songs for the Season. I have some of the songs, other versions. She does a great version of All Lake Zine. She does, uh, I can't remember the other ones off the top of my head, but she does other covers of Christmas songs, and it, they're really great. It's a great album. It's a great Christmas album. Um, 
I think it has a more old-fashioned sound, like that musical quality, and it's a, a throwback to the older kind of Christmas sound. Like the Mariah Carey is obviously more bombastic and more poppy in a in a '90s sense, and I think that this is a throwback and very intentional. I love the duo aspect. Uh, I don't think either of the singers match Mariah Carey's output, like the high highs that she reaches, but I think the more like scaled back performances sound more intimate like you were talking about like being in the bedroom with them and I, and therefore I think it's more effective like I think that it's more uh personal and not to say that Mariah Carey who co-wrote the song it's not personal for her but that's just such an exuberant kind of declaration of love and I I, I like the more restrained uh personal version of like this maybe one. what we really don't know is that all I want for Christmas, Mariah Carey's version is she's actually looking at a mirror and it's really just her <laughs> singing to herself. God damn, we're going to roast Mariah Carey and I was not expecting I that. would say it to her face, and I'm sorry, not her face, one side of her face that she shows, the left side, the good side. <laughs> I could keep going. <laughs> so I like this better because it does, like like we talked about earlier, it does put a different spin on it. It's you know it's still a pretty traditional uh, love song, but it's like like I said, I think that it's better. Do you think that it's better? Are you willing to definitively say that, or do you think that you also will like it? And you don't think it's it's too it's too close to call it. However you want to say. I just know Mariah Carey's version more, and I think if I were to think, man, I would like to listen to that song, I would pick hers. Yeah, I, I that's perfectly fine. Again, I, I fully acknowledge I'm probably being. A jerk because I'm like, oh, it's too popular. Ugh. But I just, I love this one. I think the duet's better, and you have two really great singers. And I just love that it is. I guess I'm more of the kind of the old school. I like the more old school, like, uh, very. What's the word? I'm trying to think of the word. Uh, I guess musical. Yeah, like you're talking about, but like, uh, stage hall, like kind of or jazz club, yeah. like a more jazz clubby kind of performance style. But that's just me. Anyway, you ready to move on to the next one? One more note. You also haven't been privy to hearing my mom attempt to sing any Mariah Carey song. Uh, Shout out to Jody. The ending note of All I Want for Christmas is You. You're welcome. Oh, man. Like, I gotta, I'll, I'll admit, man, like, Mariah Carey is, like, completely knocking it out of the park. Like, a freaking incredible singer. Like, I don't think anybody can deny that. But it just doesn't, doesn't necessarily do it for me as well as... This version by Ingrid Michaelson and Leslie Odom Jr. Um, but I would love to hear that. I would love to hear Jody sing. I don't think – I'd be very <laughs> curious. Famous last words. Anyway, uh, so let's move on to the next one. This is your choice. Uh, you chose uh, a little drummer boy, or as it was originally known as, uh, Carol of the Drum. The version that you chose is not the original version. So let me give a little background on it. Little Drummer Boy is a popular Christmas song written by the American classical music composer, American classical music composer and teacher – Catherine Kennicott Davis in 1941. First recorded in 1951 by the Trap Family Singers, the song was further popularized by a 1958 recording by the Harry Simeon Chorale. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm probably not. So the version you chose was, like your other song you chose, was is also the Jackson 5 version. And uh, coincidentally enough, it's off that same 1970 album, uh, Jackson 5 Christmas album. So let's give it a listen and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. Marinade for a bubble. Ox and mule can't time for a bubble. I played my time for him for a bubble. 
So I imagine you're going to say uh, or repeat similar sentiments about this song as you did when we talked about uh, I Saw Mommy Kissing so- uh, Santa Claus because it is by the same artist. So, but please indulge us. What, what do you love most about this version and why did you choose it? Again, just kind of like you said, voice, tonality, just so good. Yeah. So, so good. Um, and really, honestly, because we talked about this earlier about covers, they're supposed to sound different. They're supposed to have their own style to it. And to me, it, it sounds like the Jackson 5 style. So I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm more familiar with the Harry Sim- Simeon, uh, S-I-M-E-O-N-E-C-H-O-R-A-L-E. So is that the Simeon Corral? Is that how you say that? Sounds about right. Cool, let's go with that. I'm more familiar with that version, and I think that that is a classic. But I also really enjoy, I mean, it's the Jackson 5. Like, yeah, th- they make great music, Like, th- or they made great music. And I, I really enjoy, like, just again, MJ, like, you know, solid 11-year-old Michael Jackson just killing it. And the drums, and obviously it's a, it's a classic, and it's it's really good. I, I think that, I mean, I, I, I'm going to pick Michael Jackson over at this Harry Simeon uh, Corral version because it's Michael Jackson. So uh, anything else you want to say on it before we move to the next version? Because I was very intrigued by this second version that you chose. Really? Yes. Interesting. Because I had never heard it before. Really? Nope, never heard that version. What? Yeah. So let's, That's let's, surprising. So let's move on to that version. Okay, so this second version is, uh, again, I had never heard this version. Um, regrettably so, I guess. Uh, it's by Whitney Houston with a feature by her daughter, late daughter, and we'll talk about that, uh, Bobby Christina Brown. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, so the, the child that sings the first part of it is her daughter. Um, so let's uh, let's give it a listen, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, so I didn't. It wasn't included in that snippet that I um, chose. Uh, the, her daughter sings the opening first uh, yeah. verse, and then obviously it switches up to her. Um, I really enjoy it. Morgan, what do you most enjoy about that version? Whitney Houston is queen, also. I mean, to me. So, okay, a musician can be known for their voice and their stage presence and their talent. And, you know, Whitney Houston, in addition to Michael Jackson on on their own, Mariah Carey on their own, they're famous for the music that they normally produce. So to me, it's like a whole other level whenever you can take Christmas music and still make it be to your level, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, I think she does that. Yeah. Again, I had never heard this song, um, and I was very impressed by it. Like, I, I was like, I, I really enjoy Whitney Houston, but uh, I think we – did we talk about this in one of the other episodes? Or like, I prefer Dolly Parton's original version of I Will Always Love You over – Understandable. Under – over Whitney Houston's more popular version. Um, They're very different. Yeah. Very, very different. Both very good in their own way. But no, I get that. Okay. So knowing – I mean, obviously, Whitney Houston's left us. She passed away. Uh, and her daughter passed away, I think within the past five years. 
uh, very tragically. So hearing this version, um, the context around the song makes it very, you know, bittersweet. It's like, wow, I, I can't imagine what Bobby Brown, Bobby Christina's father and, uh, you know, off and on again spouse of Whitney Houston feels about this song. If he catches it or hears it, I can't imagine what the emotions that must go through him in that instance. Uh, I don't envy him in that situation. Uh, but I really enjoyed has a very solid, you know, late 90s, early 2000s R&B spin with the drums and the mid-song breakdown. Like, I don't think I, you really heard it in that snippet that I played, but... Uh, it's really good. I like. I do think that it is distinct from the Jackson Five version, and it's uh, it's quite enjoyable. Do you have anything else to say? I mean, this is your last song, so anything you want to share? Anything you were talking to me? You like some of our other Christmas music as well. I think we were talking. Uh, do you hear what I hear? I mean, it's really sad when you think about the life story of Whitney Houston, wouldn't you? Say? And her daughter. I yeah. mean, she died pretty quickly after Whitney, too. Yeah. If I'm correct, I think it was within like a year or so after. But um, no, I think I, what I also like is kind of what you were kind of heading at is um, you can probably tell that they were really happy, you know, performing it, yeah. singing it. I think that's really cute when you can tell that. Yeah. So. It, oh, I did mention it's off Whitney Houston's 2003 album, One Wish, the holiday album. Just want to give proper credit and, uh, you know, make sure everybody gets acknowledged here. It's it's really sweet. And I'm definitely going to add it to my library. And, uh, yeah, it's a really lovely song, but with just a, uh, on the outside, like, outside of it it's it's kind of sad and uh i think a lot of great christmas music like we talked about last christmas i think that a lot of great christmas music has that kind of bittersweet or just kind of like it's been a long year so you're making your way through it and i think we're going to talk about that in the next song we talk about but yeah it's, it's really good jesus so both both the songs i picked half of what was even shown i'm sorry technically 75 percent of the artists that were picked it's really sad to talk about them. I apologize. Hey, it happens. And, you know, not all artists are perfect. A lot of artists have battle, are all battling something. So you kind of just have to yeah. accept it and make a peace with it. Anyway. Thank you, Dolly, for <laughs> being easy to talk about. Dolly, who donated, for anyone unaware, donated a million dollars to the vaccine research. And she deserves, like, all the medals and just everything. Absolutely, She's the best. Anyway, let's move on to the last version. There's two versions of this. And I think it's also a, pretty much a standard, like a classic Christmas song. It's also the first version, the original version, is done by also a well-renowned, very popular singer, especially in her time. That song is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. The original version uh, was sung by Judy Garland. Uh, let's give it a listen, and I'll give a little backstory on this version. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. Next year all our troubles will be miles away. It's man, she's. I mean, she's Judy Garland. What do you? What, what can you say? Uh, so a little bit of backstory, um, very quickly. Uh, the song was written in 1943 by Hugh Martin and Ralph Blaine, and introduced by Judy Garland in the 1994 MGM musical Meet Me in St. Louis, or St. Louis, however it's pronounced. I don't care. Fun fact: Martin, uh, that's Hugh Martin, claimed in his autobiography that he wrote both music and lyrics to all of the songs in Meet Me in St. Louis. 
and all the so-called Martin and Blaine songs uh, were written entirely. Okay, so he says they were entire they were entirely written by me solo without help from Ralph or anybody else. His explanation. I thought this was this is why I'm included. I think this is a great little tidbit. <laughs> His explanation for allowing Blaine equal credit for the song was. I was reasonably content to let him receive equal screen credit and sheet music credit, ASCAP royalties, etc., mainly because the bizarre situation was caused by my naive and atrocious lack of business acumen. Just completely threw this dude under the bus. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's how it happens. Like, a lot of people get credit for, like, minor or no contributions to shit. So, I mean, and they probably made a lot of money off of it. Can you also restate the year that Meet Me in St. Louis came out? Because you said 94. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the song was written in 1943, but the musical Meet Me in St. Louis came out in 1944. Sorry about that. Ah, there we go. Okay. Uh, I think it's I think it's beautiful. Like, it's it's a classic. It's Judy Garland. And it's one of my favorite Christmas songs. And she's, like, such a classic talent. And the musical arrangement, the strings... I think they perfectly can like uh, sync up and just like I was about to say congeal, but that sounds kind of gross. But just <laughs> are in perfect collaboration. It sounds it just sounds like Christmas. Like I think that like all the Christmas songs that I love just sound like Christmas or whatever Christmas sounds like in my mind. And it just sounds like so. It was you know obviously the song was written in the late stages of World War Two. And, you know, it just sounds like it's celebrating and wishing your loved one or whoever the subject of the song, like, well, after a tough year. And I can kind of relate to that this year because, you know, it's been a I love Christmas and it's been a long year with this pandemic. And it's just it just hits me right in the heart, if I may be candid here. Uh, Morgan, how do you feel about it? I feel bad because um, I have a hard time listening to Judy Garland, not because her voice is not amazing and she is not, you know, an okay. amazing human being. I think she's great. Um, I And I won't dive into it because you, you love it so much, but she just really had the worst life ever. <laughs> and it just makes me so sad. To yeah, her. a little bit of, uh, I mean, we were just talking about your choices, like with Jackson 5 and Whitney Houston and Bobby Christina Brown, but like George Michael had a tough life. Uh <laughs> Judy Garland had a tough life. Like a lot of people, like a lot of people we, cho- we chose to talk about tonight had really rough lives. But like Dolly I said, Parton might have, but we really don't know too much about it. Hey, man, she's been married to the same dude for like years, for over fifty years, and they're like perfectly happy together. And apparently, back home, she's just Dolly. She's not Dolly Parton back home, and everybody treats her normal. So I think she made out the best. Uh, Maybe the episode needs to be related to Dolly Parton. <laughs> I know. Be like. <laughs> under the dolly uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I really love it and how do you what do you think about that what is is? I, I said that it sounds like Christmas to me what do you what, what would you say if you share with us what do you think Christmas sounds like I guess musically to you like what is what do you what do you think are some of the attributes that Christmas sound has um I think I know what you hint at whenever you say like you like a certain um sound to it like uh that song in particular I mean doesn't have a lot of accompaniment with it um it sounds very intimate it sounds like you're in the room with her singing like listening to it Mm -hmm. um so I I get that um and her voice is is just like oh it's like satin it's great it's it really is 
like magical gets thrown around a lot when you're describing singers, but it really is just like just magical. It just sounds so warm. Yet she's so tiny. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I don't want to dive into stuff, but I mean, the amount of drugs the woman was on and that came out of her mouth. Good God. Yeah. I mean, she's an American icon in stage, screen, and music. Like, she's, um, did you ever, did you see that Renee Zellweger was in that Judy movie? Did you ever give that a chance? Uh, no, because it's Renee Zellweger. <laughs> hey, man, I don't blame you on that one, but I was curious because she, I think she got nominated for an Oscar. And did I'll she... probably eventually do it. It's just, uh, I yeah, and also you forgot to mention without Judy Garland, we would not have Liza Minnelli, who is a gay icon. Well, I'm, I'm, I appreciate Liza Minnelli and all she's contributed, but I can't say that I'm like, yeah, Liza Minnelli. I'm like, oh, okay, Liza Minnelli, that's cool, I guess. Well, yeah, we definitely have to have a conversation about that at one point. <laughs> uh, you know, this also, this song particularly sticks out because I actually just recently watched, I've been watching a lot of Christmas movies, like I, I told you off pod. Uh the family stone like this song's in it and uh there's a little they have a moment with the song it's really good it's really like very i love that movie even though most of the characters i dislike in it uh including your girl but you know that's a conversation I to say you're, you're talking about my baby anyway she's not talking about sarah jessica park for anyone curious definitely not talking about sarah <laughs> no, jessica park. i have i have her she's still in her stable uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, buddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, when I was uh, thinking about doing this with you, I was like, oh yeah, I should probably choose that song. I love that song. Okay, this second version we're going to talk about, I don't think a lot of people have heard of. Morgan, I'm, I assume you've never heard this particular gentleman's rendition of this song? Um, I, Maybe once. Uh, definitely not of note to where I'm like, oh yeah, I know that. Oh, okay. But have you heard of him before? I, I could swear that Monkey and Granddaddy have played this for me. Okay. Uh, so the second version, not really that well-known artist. Uh, maybe maybe is, maybe isn't. I just, I've never really heard of him outside of these Christmas music. He released an album. Uh, it was off his uh, Christmas album, Tis the Season. It came out four years ago in 2016. Uh, and that is one Jordan Smith. He was a contestant and eventual winner of season nine of The Voice. And that's all I really know about him. Um, so let's give it a listen. And uh, we'll talk more about it. Hold on. One second. Last song. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. From now on your troubles will be miles away. Yeah, I I just recently I think I, it was like maybe it was a couple years ago maybe it was 2017. Like again, I I seek out Christmas music. I love finding new Christmas music or new versions of songs that I love by artists I've never heard of. And I, I think I just stumbled upon this like a few years ago. And I love this album that he did. And he's got a few different versions of songs that I love. Like his "I'll Be Home for Christmas," I really enjoy. But I really really love his version. Like in my own library, I have. Uh, not kidding. I have seven different versions of this song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, including Judy Garland's and Jordan Smith's. And Judy Garland's, I think, is the original, so you got to give it the respect. But I honestly think that this version by Jordan Smith, of the versions that I've listened to, I really think this is my favorite because I really love his voice. And he's got this, like, 
it seems so effortlessly natural singing voice. Like, again, you could probably add more, like, expertise to the your analysis of his voice. But just, like, it just seems so smooth and just so natural and effortless. And I think he sticks very close to Judy Garland's standard. But I think his voice is so sweet and wonderful that it just – it's very similar. Like, we were saying that a good cover kind of puts its own spin on it. But I do think that it is – you know, it's very similar to Judy Garland's version, but I really, really love this dude's voice. How, what do you think, Morgan? I am so sorry for what I'm about to say. Oh, gosh. <laughs> because I feel bad that you just, like, talked all this hype about it. And don't get me wrong, I really do like it. But one of my pet peeves that any singer can do okay. is you're singing a song and you're not adding any emotion to it, which I'm saying, I mean, he did. I, I mean, more specifically to... I don't like whenever people could say, like, I don't know, the sky's blue. And instead of saying that the sky is blue or singing that it's blue, they decide that they're going to add, like, a whole bunch of arpeggios or, like, slur into it. Okay. To, like, just make it be something more grand than it is. <laughs> and so with that little snippet that you just gave me, yeah. he, like, did, like, five of those things. I love like, that. Oh, like, it's so weird uh, that you don't like that, but I love that little bits, that those little bits that he adds. Because to me, whenever people do that, and it's, it's really not specifically this guy. I'm sorry that I'm picking on him because it really did sound well. Okay. But I find that people do that to be like, hey, no, really, I am a singer. Listen to me. It does a little – it's adding a little muster to it. Like it, it's you know, it's, fl- it's showing off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I know what like, you're talking about. Down. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really – I get it. Like it seems inefficient. Like you're just doing shit to do shit. And I totally get yeah. why you would – I'm not saying you're nitpicking, but I do understand why you would rub up against that. But, like, I love that he does it. I think it adds these little flourishes, I think, is the proper word. And I, I really enjoy it. Like, I, don't get me wrong. Like, when a lot of singers do it, I also just, like, okay, you're just, like, sh- just like showing off right now. But I, I really love this, like, again, jazz club, like, music club kind of atmosphere to the song where it's very – personal like you could just be sitting at your table maybe enjoying a drink while he's singing on stage like 20 feet away from you and you're just like wow i can't believe i'm in this room experiencing this even though it's a recording but it's it's just so smooth and just i just love it like his voice is also very warm i do like that i i totally totally agree uh jordan smith holler at me man i'll I'll be your uh, publicist man i apparently hype you up more than anybody but again maybe it was the fact that i just stumbled upon it like i'd never heard of this dude and i just heard and i was like wow this dude can fucking sing i don't watch the voice i don't watch any of those yeah and i don't know why i said monkey and granddaddy because they definitely wouldn't have done that i think granddaddy was already passed away by then so i don't know where i have heard that you might have heard um, it just on the radio It, it happens yeah, but I, I do have to admit, I, I am apologetic that we didn't add Harry Connick Jr. to this at all. Hey, man, New Orleans native, my homie, Harry Connick Jr. But and like the voice of an actual god. That's a little... No, that's no. A little, <laughs> oh my god. I, look, I love really? I love Harry Connick Jr. I wouldn't say that like he's a god. I just think he's, wow, he's really talented. He's, <sighs> he's I, humble, he's gorgeous, writes great music voice is fantastic look man look he's probably the most famous saints and yes we're recording this after the saints just lost the eagles and i'm really glad i recorded this right after that because if i didn't i'd be sulking in my apartment uh luckily i had something to take my mind off it but like i love harry Con- too i love harry Connick jr he is like a fellow new orleanian i love him but i wouldn't say a god like wow. god level that's you know that's a very privileged position 
You haven't heard him sing for once in my life, have you? Not that I recall. Yeah, you're wrong. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's the follow-up pod we'll do. We we'll talk about Harry, Harry Connick Jr. Connick, please call me. I love. I mean, I love Harry Connick Jr. when he um did the soundtrack to When Harry Met Sally. Like it had to be you. I love his version of it. Had to be you. I think I love it more than the Sinatra version. And uh, oh, wow. he does have some great Christmas music. I will admit that Harry Connick Jr. has some great Christmas music. Um, so that does it for us, guys. Yeah, we're only about an hour ten, hour twenty ish. Uh, to this episode. <laughs> ten minutes of it was Dolly Parton. Yeah, ten like, minutes of it was Dolly Parton. Oh man! Hey, look, we could we could spend a lot of time talking about any particular artist, but I think that Dolly definitely deserves it because again, she is lovely. No questions, because Morgan did the questions last time she was on with Stephen. But yeah, we made it through Thanksgiving. I didn't get to see you. I didn't. I got to see y'all, but I didn't get to hang out with y'all because of the pandemic. Hopefully, I get to see y'all. Uh, when I do come into town for Christmas, I'm really looking forward to it. I have, I'm looking at Amelia's gift right now, um, right now, and I'm really excited how she's going to react to it. But yeah, I think it's going to be. I mean, I'm excited for her to open it, but yeah. and I mean, of course, she's asleep, so she can't hear me. So I am going to say, but it's going to be funnier to hear her say yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, sorry before we go to. Do you know how she says s'mores? Oh gosh, how snorts. <laughs> So she said, I want to, can I have two snorts before I go to bed? Let's hope she never goes to Miami because there's something in Miami. Miami, you could definitely snort. Um, and it's, <laughs> Please, God. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing y'all. I love y'all very much. I love Christmas and it's my favorite time of the year. And I'm really glad we got to do this because we hadn't done this. And again, we hadn't done this since last year. And normally, I don't know. I, I guess I was just like waiting to do this because we do this every year. And I, I just didn't feel right until Christmas. And I was like, oh, yeah, we've never done a Christmas version of this. And they've done – there's, like, hundreds of different versions of the same song, of Christmas song. Right. So I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, this was really fun. These are always really fun. Always talking to you, Morgan, is, is great because I, cause I love you. Um, and let's just say it actually is kind of an art that we were able to do this in an hour given how our stuff that's completely unplanned and I'm like real quick is like four hours literally folks Morgan will call me in the middle of the week just randomly uh, not that I'm complaining I'm not complaining it's just so random real quick and then we'll talk for like 15 minutes and then that'll spill into another topic which will take another 20 minutes which will spill into another topic that takes 30 minutes, which will go back and forth to a bunch of different topics. And then, like, two hours later, we're like, where the fuck did my evening go? Because <laughs> I've been talking to more than two hours. it closes off. Yeah, it does. Uh, and because, I mean, you're one of the few people I know. Like, I mean, Justin will call me. We usually call each other, like, once a month. just Because we text every day, but we don't talk, talk, like, every time. But, like... You're one of the few people that, like, call me, call me to be, like, to talk. Like, just talk on the phone. Like, a lot of people don't do that anymore. And uh, Yeah, I like the phone. Don't get me wrong. I like a good text here and then. But to me, you can't actually emote to me what you mean via text. And I think it causes a lot of bullshit. Yeah. So um, I prefer calling. So just wrapping up, uh, I know it's going to be a busy week. I mean, it's a busy life for you right now. Um, it's a busy life for all of us because of the pandemic. But it, I know you're... You got a lot of plates spinning right now, but what are you looking forward to with Christmas? Or is there anything 
in particular, are you just trying to get through it, or are you just like really going to try and enjoy it this year? What What are your feelings going into the week? Um, I think I will really enjoy actually having been off as the same time as me, yeah, and going to see whomever we see. Um, that's whenever I relax the most and enjoy it the most. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I am. I am too. I'm. I'm really. Uh, again, Christmas is. Well, Mardi Gras used to be my favorite holiday, but since I've stopped drinking, Mardi Gras really doesn't do it for me anymore. So Christmas is definitely my favorite holiday, and it's my favorite time of the year. And I, I'm an atheist, like that. It's it's completely secular, and uh, I really just love it. I love the music, and I think that again, part of part of the reason I love the holiday so much is the music. I, I love how warm and intimate, and just loving, and just so cheerful sorrowful sometimes but cheerful but like just so personal personal it can be and how personal it can feel so yeah that's why i love christmas music even though i'm an atheist i don't really don't even believe in baby jesus so uh but yeah i think that's gonna do it for us thank you guys for listening i hope you enjoyed sorry about the break i don't know when the next episode is gonna be we'll see uh i don't know Uh, i'm kind of normally i do a schedule normally i plan these out but this year I've just completely gotten rid of a schedule because fuck this year, right? Um, but I am really looking forward to the end of this year. Um, hopefully 2021 will be a better one for all of us, huh? Yeah, I mean, I I hate to say that nothing can be worse than this year because I don't even want to put that out in the universe. <laughs> all right, thanks for listening. Please like, subscribe, share, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. I'll uh, I'll let you go, Morgan, and I love you. I love Benjamin, and I love Amelia, and I can't wait to see y'all in, like, probably a week and a half-ish. Woo! (laughs) All right, bye. I love you. Bye. Love you, bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.